Hi folks, Nathan Pierce here again talking about some legislative issues that have come up this last couple of weeks as the session gets off to a roaring start here in California. We're going to talk about some bills. We're going to talk about how you can pray for us. We're going to talk about how you can take some action. And uh, we'll talk about a few other things too as a bonus at the end. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Frontline with FPM, where we talk about California politics, homeschool freedom, parental rights, and the family. I'm your host, Nathan Pierce, and thanks for joining us today. Let's jump right in and see what's going on here on the Frontline. All right, folks, I'm going to start with a couple of bills. Um, first of all, I wanted to uh, just sort of review a couple of bills I've talked about already. Uh, they have to do with early childhood education and mandatory kindergarten. Now, there are a couple of bills that do require mandatory kindergarten for children. Um, this would be the first bill. Uh, first, th These are two, two bills that are basically identical bills, but they're carried by two different legislators, one in the Assembly, one in the State Senate. You might ask, is this uh, duplicative? Well, uh, kind of in a sense, yes, but also uh, this is not uncommon that a bill would go through the Senate and the Assembly simultaneously. It kind of streamlines the process, makes it quicker for the bills to go through um, all the way through the process because of the concept going past and getting everybody on board with it uh, as it goes through the legislature. And ultimately, at the end of the day, only one of those bills might get passed, but you typically don't see both bills, if they're identical at the end, getting passed and signed into law. Ultimately, somebody is going to yield to the other one, and one bill only would go to the governor's desk if it gets that far. So right now, these bills would um, require kindergarten for uh, entrance into the first grade. but this uh, one caveat is that this bill only applies to students enrolling into first grade in the public schools. Now, this is our wording. We've worked with uh, HSLDA over the years to, um, to try to oppose uh, mandatory kindergarten bills for probably over, I believe it's over 30 years, close to 40 now, uh, that we've been opposing mandatory kindergarten, lowering compulsory education ages for legislation in California because it uh, continues to uh, undermine the parents' authority to make decisions for their own children. Now, in this particular case, this is um, only requiring it for public education. Now, it is, uh, it is taking away some of the freedom from parents to make that decision about kindergarten for their child before public school, However, it's not impacting anybody that chooses private education for their child, and it doesn't impact what age the child may enter school. It just says they have to do kindergarten before first grade. I'll more on that in a minute. But also, it doesn't apply to anyone who privately homeschools or sends their kids to a private school. So if you're looking at private education, if you're looking at private homeschooling, this bill will not affect those options for education in the state of California. It only applies to students enrolling in public school. Now, back to that point about uh, requiring a grade before going, the grade of kindergarten before going into pu uh, public school first grade. Um, currently, no grades are actually required in the state of California. Compulsory attendance law actually requires that students attend school between the ages of 6 and 18. 
and um, if they, they can graduate early and they can get out of school early, uh, there's some little f fine uh, tuned little uh, ways they can get around different aspects of that. Not really much wiggle room on it though. Uh, 6 to 18, you're required to attend school. It doesn't have anything to do with what grades you're in or what grades uh, you attend. There's no requirement for you must attend first grade, you must complete first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. You don't, there's nothing in the law that requires you to attend school for a bunch of grades or for any one grade. This is the first law that would actually require a specific grade. It would require the grade of kindergarten to be completed before a student could enroll in public education. So it's an interesting little tidbit there that uh, this is the first time something like that would be required. Um, and the idea behind it is because certain things get taught in kindergarten that prepare students uh, under, uh, for first grade is what is what we're told uh, through the um, information being used to present this bill. Kindergarten is something that needs to happen before first grade is what is what they say. So uh, that is why uh, these bills have been proposed. Uh, typically, over the last um, number of years, this bill has been promoted by a number of different legislators. Uh, most commonly, these bills related to mandatory kindergarten or lowering compulsory attendance age are promoted by and backed by the California Teachers Association. So um, that's a little bit of background on those bills. One other bill that I want to mention today is also AB 2998. AB 2998 actually is a is a minor's consent to medical care and treatment bill related to um, overdose of drugs and the bill specifically is is something that allows a child down to age uh, 12 to make their own decision about getting treatment or help without the parents consent um, related to uh, overdose of, of, of um, either overdose uh, of drugs or a, um, an addiction issue. So um, this is allowing children to make decisions and have you know, con uh, consultations and doctor's appointments and counseling and uh, treatment and care for something medically without their parents' consent. Um, this is obviously uh, problematic, but it's it's indicating that there's something else that also goes on without uh, parental consent, and that is, um, you know, finding out about all of this stuff. So this would be a government people, um, whether it's at a school or um, doctors, perhaps that would be uh, providing this care and keeping it a secret from the parents. Uh, that's uh, problematic. It it sort of undermines the family structure in California, and it undermines the uh, the involvement of parents. And so this is a dangerous direction. It could lead to all sorts of things where you have uh, the the legislature moving in the direction of having a range of things where the child could make their own decisions and keep those decisions from their parents uh, based on counsel they might get from whoever out there. So it's a dangerous direction. Uh, that's AB 2998. You can pray for us on that bill and on a number of others that we're still working to analyze. So I would appreciate your prayers on those and also that we would just be able to find any other bills that we haven't found yet. As you know, the legislative process involves m amendments. And sometimes during this part of the legislative year, we have bills that are introduced as what's called a spot bill. It's a bill that 
just has some uh, vague language in it to be a placeholder because there's a deadline for introducing new bills and that deadline has passed so they had to introduce a whole bunch of bills and in some of those bills there's not really anything that does anything so they introduced something called a spot bill that's a placeholder it's a bill that gives them access to filing language for a bill later they just have this placeholder that they introduced before the deadline and when they get around to it they amend that bill once and then they can get it passed through committee and through the floor and to the governor's desk ultimately with with the actual language of something that that puts language into the code a new law that actually does something so it, at this point in time we have a number of bills introduced that don't really have any language in them they don't have any law in the bill yet and so uh, as we continue on we'll start seeing amendments to those spot bills to add the language in so you could pray for us that we'd be able to stay on top of finding all the new bills introduced with the with the language going into spot bills over the next few weeks and months uh, as the other bills that we've already spotted uh, get through the legislative process so a uh, lot's going on at the Capitol and we're trying to get through all the bills analyzing them and trying to understand how they would impact families and homeschooling in California so uh, be praying for us uh, be praying for wisdom and be praying for the relationships between us and the people we're working with to try to understand these bills and just uh, just be ready for action so if you don't get our emails already please go to our website fpmca.org and sign up for our email list so make sure that you will be able to know uh, as soon as we send out an action alert you'll be the first to know what you need to do to take action to protect your freedoms for your family and homeschooling in california so i'd appreciate that and uh yeah just keep us in your in your prayers for all the work that we're doing right now and the work that's coming in the weeks ahead so that's it for now god bless you we'll see you again next time here's that bonus information i was telling you about uh, so there's a couple of events that I'll be speaking at in the next week or so. Uh, the first is in San Luis Obispo. That's going to be on Tuesday, the 5th of, of March. And uh, we're going to be uh, talking. It's a Chia in the Neighborhood event in San Luis Obispo. And I uh, would love to see you there. It'll be Brian, Dr. Brian Ray will be there also. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, some studies on homeschooling. We'll talk about... Uh, some philosophical issues related to homeschooling and homeschool freedom. And uh, there will be just some general encouragement as well, so I would encourage you to be there if you live in that area. Next one uh, will be also in, uh, it's also hosted by Chia. It's in the Antelope Valley, uh, Palmdale area. And that will be on the 9th of March. Uh, it's on Saturday. So I would encourage you to check that out as well. It is also going to uh, feature Brian Ray as well as myself and we'll be uh, enjoying um, uh, a great um, event there with um, uh, in San Luis Obispo we will have um, Alejandra Johnson uh, as well as, a, as an additional speaker and then um, once we head to Palmdale on Saturday uh, we'll have uh, Leah Schroeder as well uh, speaking with us at um, at a church there in Antelope Valley. So we look forward to seeing you and hope that you can make it out. It'll be an encouraging time. Both both events are hosted by Chia and you can learn more about that on our website at um, on our website 
on the events page. There's a link to the registration and more information. So I uh, hope you can make it there. And uh, finally, I wanted to uh, address another issue that has come up um, a number of times over the years, and that has to do with dual enrollment. And um, the question that comes up sometimes is, can I, can, can we enroll uh, in a public school and homeschooling? Can I homeschool privately and then take one class at my local public school? Sometimes this comes up uh, with uh, regard to sports uh, classes or programs. Sometimes it comes uh, in, up when dealing with uh, maybe drama programs. Sometimes it comes up when somebody is uh, wanting to sort of have uh, half their classes in a in a public program, maybe a public charter school, and half their classes at a private homeschool program, and um, and those the dual enrollment doesn't really work uh, when it in that context, and I'll I'll tell you that in a minute. Uh, explain that a little bit more. Uh, we have an article on our website called Understanding School of Record. School of Record is the um, is the terminology used by the California Department of Education to determine, okay, this school is the school that is responsible for education because only one school is ultimately responsible. It's the school where the child is enrolled that, and sometimes a child is enrolled in two schools. And, and when that happens, it's the public school that sort of um, is the one that has the the ruling authority in terms of the responsibility for that child's education and also the authority overall of that child's education. So um, when when you look at those two uh, those situations where they're in two schools at the same time, they can take a class at a private school. They they might be enrolled in a in a public school, a traditional public school or a public charter school. But and then they may happen to also take a class at a learning center or a or even a private campus school. But that doesn't that doesn't mean that 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 child is not under the the authority of the public school for their for their education. So it, it can be confusing. The other thing I want to mention too is that there's another aspect of this that um, gets that adds more confusion, and that is that this term dual enrollment also gets used in the context of um, uh, private home schooling or private schooling or public schooling and the other the other or the the other half of the dual enrollment in in this other context is is a junior college or a community college and um, in that context it's kind of up to the community college but most community colleges these days allow in California allow for dual enrollment for high school students in certain categories to be allowed to take classes at the junior college in, in um, uh, either sometimes in person, sometimes online. Uh, in different situations, you might run into various difficulties with this, but that's another way that that term is used. Dual enrollment can be used in that context as well, and that's very different than the situation with um, high multiple different high schools trying to manage a student being enrolled in their school and in another school at the same time. That's a different situation. Um, so if you're interested in, in learning more about that, there is an article on our website about, uh, about this concept of dual enrollment and school of record. And I would encourage you to check that out for more details. And um, always, 
definitely understand that uh, if a child is enrolled in a public school, that public school has the authority over the child's education and the responsibility uh, to oversee that education. So um, that's it for that issue and uh, wish you all the best. We'll see you again next time. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Frontline with FPM. For more information about the topics we discuss here, check out Family Protection Ministries at fpmca.org and subscribe to our channel.